Hey, I'm Julian Elijah Martinez. And I am Colin J. Harden. And you are listening to the Episode 1 Show. And welcome back, everybody. Today, we are doing The Expanse. The Expanse. Thank you for coming back. Uh-huh. This has been a great journey so far. We've got a yeah. couple of episodes under our belt, and we are keeping it going. And I'm super excited about it. I'm glad to see you, man, honestly. I'm glad to see you, too. You just got back from the Outer Banks, yeah? I did. I did. I, I was a juror for the Outer Banks environmental film festival in a town called Manio, North Carolina. I had never heard of Manio, North Carolina. I had never been to the Outer Banks. And I'm not going to lie to you. It was it was a when you say life changing experience, you don't want to gas it up. But I'll say this. Uh-huh. I ne- I definitely want to come back if they'll have me. Shout out to Michelle Lewis, the woman who who is the executive director of that festival. Uh-huh. Um, environmentalist, an advocate for that. She's a she's an awesome person and she she organized an incredible event so thank you for having me elijah thanks for the shout out to, to yeah get me in there too thank yeah you for yeah. That. Uh, yeah so it was a great time i learned a lot actually too i learned i i, I was taking extensive notes as a good juror should you know when i was mm-hmm. watching a lot of the films and even in documentaries i was able to find some things that i wanted to apply to what i do as a writer what i do what i do as a filmmaker and a producer who who wants to help people you know uh, push their stories along and kind of help them with that, you know? Dope, dope. Can you give like three things real quick before we jump into the expanse of what you are going to now incorporate into your fiction writing from documentary filmmaking? And also these this film festival specifically was documentary film fi- filmmaking uh, around environmental uh, advocacy, yeah? Yes, yes. So I think, I, I don't know about <clears throat> three. You put Just me on the three. spot with three. No, I don't. I don't know if I can. I can give you three. I can give you one good one though. All right. Because one good I can. One. I can tell you one thing that I I noticed when I was taking notes. Right, there were a lot of films, and and honestly, and a lot of the the films were of varying levels of uh, the filmmakers kind of like uh, experience. Right. So there was a mm-hmm. lot of there were films that had a lot of money behind them. One of the things I can say, one big thing that I learned as I was taking notes uh, for this festival, as a good, like mm-hmm. I said, as a good juror should, I was really looking for. I was looking for the intention behind some of the projects. So some of them were not documentary. They were like abstract. There was one particularly that was like an abstract abstract project. And the intention behind that abstraction was very clear, right? And then there were other films that had a narrative bend to them, right? There was supposed to be a nonfiction narrative project. So if you were, to me, if you were giving me a narrative project, then your why needed to be strong. So Uh if there was a particular subject or uh, a a subject, meaning like a person that you're focusing on or a person Mm -hmm. or a particular issue that you're focusing on, we need to know. And I, and I, and I think that it kind of taught me how to look at things from a bird's eye view. Right. So I can't think about what I know about the environment. I think about everybody as an audience member. Right. Mm -hmm. So I thought about like, if you watch this, do you understand why it's important? This particular Mm -hmm. issue. Is the why strong enough? And if it's not, then there's no story, right? Mm-hmm. To me, to me, there, there's just no story there. And you know what? There maybe there is a second thing. That was that was the one thing I, I wrote down on a lot of notes. The why wasn't strong enough for me, mm-hmm. right? I didn't understand from the film what's inside of the film, not what I understand with context and my life experience, but what's right. inside of the film was not clear enough for me uh, right. to to actually constitute a legitimate story in my mind. So I was a little mm-hmm. harsh sometimes. I think. Uh, in my uh, 
in in the way that I looked at some of these, but yeah. that's just the way I that's the way I saw it. And then secondly, yeah. right, um, the it it was was the why strong enough, and oh, and then also never answer the question right away. If there's a question, oh. never answer it right away. What Every time. So there were times in which you would be hearing an interview, right? right? And a lot of times that interviewer would either ask a question or a question was prompted within that, that interview, right? Uh -huh. And a lot uh -huh. of times that question would be a big question that needed to be, was, was kind of the big question, right? For the entire uh -huh. story. And anytime the interviewer answered it right afterwards, it was over. It was like, uh -huh. there's no, there's, the drama was gone, right? Oh, like, I see. So, I see. so what is the you know if it was for example it's like now why are these these leatherback tortoises dying at the race that they're dying mm -hmm. and then they answer it right then right uh, don't ever uh -huh. answer that you don't ever answer it right then you give okay. us something completely different and then make us wait for it oh wow give us, give us some that's how that's how what i noticed that was that made the stories interesting to me uh, whenever uh -huh. you didn't you gave us a really compelling question and you uh -huh you refuse to answer right then and then you give us something else that's very interesting and then you uh -huh. give us another question right uh -huh. and then uh -huh. you slowly begin either to answer the question or you give us reasons why there are multiple answers that you can figure out yourself right 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 so those are the things that i think i learned as a storyteller from just kind of like really really kind of looking closely at these stories right 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 and honestly right. this does apply to expanse because expanse has a lot of questions now you can to me the and problem none the, of them are answered right the problem with the expense is there's too many questions <laughs> and you have to decide whether you even care it's kind of like like okay let, let's get into the expense right okay can we jump yeah. in uh, we're, we're we're jumping right in all right we in there okay yeah. so i mean the the expense if you haven't seen the expense it is a very very popular show it, it mm -hmm. and it got popular over time so yeah so yeah you, you're familiar with with the expanse were you a fan me no i've read uh i read parts of leviathan awakes like i read like the first half of that um and i never really jumped into the show because i i wanted to read the book the series because the series is so uh important for science fiction particularly like new science fiction um so I really want to read. I really want to get through the series before I watch the show. Um, so I was aware of Leviathan Awakes, and uh, when the Expanse kind of came out, and I also knew that like Expanse was was dropped. It dropped around, you know, 20, uh, 2015, uh, right. November twenty third, twenty fifteen, and around that time, like Game of Thrones was really big, and so it felt like, oh shit, this is a Game of Thrones in space, and this is exactly mm -hmm. what I'm. <laughs> those are two words that i that i just have wet dreams about right as a, as, a, as a late 20 year old so uh so i was very excited to kind of jump in but it kind of i got lost in the deluge of peak tv that was coming out around that time and i right. kept pushing it back kept pushing it back i was like oh i'll get to it i'll get to it i'll get to it i'll get to it and never got to it until we until we did this podcast right and and it's and it's one of those those television shows that's on the sci-fi channel and let me let me just say this also sci-fi needs to get a lot of credit yeah they are underrated sci-fi takes shots for for television shows particularly in the sci-fi and like fantasy mm -hmm. space the the adapt adaptation for comics uh, as well um mm -hmm. that a lot of people they take swings and they take um opportunities 
they give opportunities rather for filmmakers right. that you know you don't really see in other places right, right, right. um and and i mean orphan black for example no that, i'm sorry that was bbc bbc yeah. i'm sorry um and amc but yeah some some of those i think the connection to orphan black was the canadians too some for some reason the canadians they you know <laughs> they're willing to take take risks that we're not really willing to canadians take low-key got good sci-fi they, got good they do yeah. there was a show called the continuum way back in the day too around this time too 2013 2012 mm -hmm. 2011 really really good another canadian uh show uh -huh. but anyway another story but anyway <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah I, I had heard of the expanse and i you know being a sci-fi guy I, I you know people who i know and respect who like tv they've told me about it but i had never right. gotten into it right. and then I, I had to actually watch it for school and i remember watching that first episode and being like oh, man this is tough <laughs> this is tough i ain't gonna it's lie tough. yeah it's, it's tough, tough. Okay, let's talk about the reason why it is tough. So, like, uh, um, man, where okay, do we where do we start? I, this is where we start. We start with our log lines, right. <laughs> so, so everybody great. can understand what the show is about. Great, great. So for those who the, for those who are just turning tuning in, we take it upon ourselves to write our own log lines. Now every show has a log line. Usually you can find them online. Usually it's on IMDb. Um, and also these log lines that you that you see typically are for the entire season of television. We take it upon ourselves to write a log line just for the pilot episode right. as a practice of getting into the habit of writing log lines for ourselves. And and with that said, a log line for the for those who are just kind of getting into the the understanding of what you know television writing is all about log lines are like your short and they're really hard to do but they're like short two to three sentence synopsis of the television show or the episode that you're watching so that if so if you had to do what we're doing right now and kind of like quickly tell you what the show is about right. then you could do that and and we so again we are gonna share ours here today and we're not gonna grade them but we're gonna assess <laughs> assess them this one's hard i'm not gonna lie what what was yours what was your log line? let's 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 grade them on a scale of uh whether or not it will cause a galaxy-wide war <laughs> well it's on okay. how good it is <laughs> we can do that go ahead go ahead what's yours what's yours all right so mine is um as political tensions between three superpowers earth mars and the belt appear close to breaking a street smart detective a world-weary transporter and a fascist diplomat race to uncover secrets that have potential galaxy shifting consequences I want to say that that is fantastic, and mine bow, is bow, trash. Bow. Mine is trash in comparison, but I'm going to go ahead no, and share. No, no. no, it really is. Okay, in a future where humans have colonized the galaxy, a police detective on a space station, an ice harvesting rig, and a high-ranking Earth official find themselves connected to a plot to start a galaxy war, a galactic war. Sorry. Nice, nice. I like that. I like that because you it's you because you also you were you were saying before that like the the pilot uh asks a lot of questions and I feel like it actually only asks one question and it happens okay. in the title it happens in the title and it says um it says all three powers are are about to I'm paraphrasing all three powers are about to, a war is about to start between the three powers and all we're waiting for is a spark and right. so the question that I had watching the pilot was okay so what's the what's going to be the spark mm-hmm yeah and the i mean they they kind of answer that question but they <clears throat> I, th I think 
again, there were some great things in this, I think. And then there mm-hmm. were some things that weren't so great. There's a reason why this show is, is incredibly popular. Yeah. And, but let, let, let's kind of stick with the pilot, though, right? So we've gotten, we've gotten through the log lines. So we'll talk about what this show is about. Uh, I will go ahead and say this show is a super expansive sci-fi world, right? Where yep. you have, and I'm only speaking on the Earth because that's where I live. <laughs> you've got the Earth. You've got this place called Ceres, a, a space station. You've got the Mar- You've got the the. Uh, if I want to call it the continent of Mars, but the planet of Mars that is being right. colonized and in and is inhabited by an independent militaristic faction, and right. then um. Is is that all? Are those the three? And then there That's are, the yeah, right. Those are the three. So they're they're kind of in a race for resources, and one of the biggest resources is water. Right? They right. find out that they can harvest ice from the asteroid belt near Saturn and kind of harvest that, bring it back to Earth and Mars. Right? So right. And then, the, but the space station has all of the workers, the hardworking people that kind of make both of those those planets run right right um and so there's this kind of like you, you can kind of see the allegory right there right you can see that there's like some colon colonization things going on yeah. there's some racism stuff going on there's some yeah. you know there there you know all and and then when we're when we're talking about a, a galaxy-wide war you know it's very very um timely really you know when yeah, we're talking yeah, about resources and stuff like that yeah it's a it's a very much a cold war allegory um you know you you got a lot of like you got a lot of uh plugs for like vietnam and Mm -hmm. and the uh afghanistan and Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. there's the war on terror Mm -hmm. um so all of these like all of these like very blatant um metaphors and um uh, and allusions to real world events kind of happen like in our face throughout the course of this entire pilot and we don't we don't know a lot we know a little bit we know mostly about the belt because that's where um one of our main characters pov is centered we know a little bit about earth because we get some of another character tiny tiny bit of a character's pov there but we do get some and we know almost nothing about mars except the color of their space of their ships right um so so (laughs) do with that what you may you've got three big worlds that are that you have to have world building uh in with only an hour of television and you really only get one kind of sort of a second one and absolutely nothing of a of a third one right right and that and that's the thing so like when we talk about so when we, when we start getting into pilots what we're looking for right there's a couple of things like main things that we like to look for and one of the main things is how do you introduce characters right to me yep. um especially when you have three stories that are you know light years apart literally like right yeah three yeah. stories that are light years apart you have to you have to you have to build out the world yes but you i think what you need to do also is somehow thread the needle between those three stories in a way that is really really emotionally uh strong yeah for lack of a better word and and that was my biggest problem but the first thing we learn about this show right the first thing we learn about this world rather is the belt right we Mm -hmm. we we come in on the belt i really like the way they opened right yeah Um, they had they had a drone shot come through and while you hear the drone while you see the drone and the drone is kind of showing you all these different elements of the the different levels of the way that people live here Mm -hmm. you're hearing 
a an activist, an OPA activist, uh, the Outer Planets Alliance, which is kind of like their uh, I don't even want to call them Black Panthers. They're not Black Panthers. Yeah, they're, they're like yeah, they they're 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 one of these groups that are terrorists to 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 the colonizers and revolutionaries to the people exactly. who are on the planet. However, how revolutionary they are to the actual people kind of depends on the people's perspectives. Right. So Earth, who seems to be like and Mars seems to have a very antagonistic relationship to the OPA, where the people of the belt are either um, some of them are indifferent, some of them support, and some of them also have an, an antagonistic uh, relationship, which is incredible. This is this is incredibly complicated. Right. And that's the <laughs> thing about sci-fi, right? When we've done, th- this is our third sci-fi show, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, we're going to name this the episode one sci-fi show. <laughs> right. <this> point. <laughs> yeah, we've done three sci-fi shows and it's, and one was like a press, when I, I'm not prestige, let me say like an old you know what's the word i want to use it was network classic classic traditional right classic network tv yeah classic old classic and then we've got a brand new kind of original idea and i don't think Mm -hmm. uh, orphan black was not based on anything not based on books so it was original idea and then this one's based on a novel right so we that's the the big difference between the three but when you're trying to break them down there's no way you can do it without talking about the world and the world building mm-hmm. and i think when you do it so so when you do it through one central character that when they when they introduced our guy miller right detective miller yep detect when you see detective miller and he's got his like super green super like high and tight haircut like partner who's obviously like the yeah. new guy mm-hmm. um you you immediately think that we're or you admit you immediately get the feeling that we're watching like an old trope and we are right yeah, yeah so yeah. so he's immediately like using Havelock who is his partner as the surrogate for the audience to kind of explain all these elements these mm-hmm. world building elements i didn't have too much of a problem with that to be honest with you um i didn't have too much of an issue i didn't have yeah i i didn't really have too much of an issue with that but when you do things like that it does kind of make you you know Put your headspace in that a certain way that we're watching a particular type of television show. So you're kind of looking for certain things, right? So that's right. kind of the way we introduce Miller. Miller seems like an old battle-hardened, you know, detective who's kind of tired. Right. He's, you know, worn and weathered and all that kind of stuff. And he kind of understands the world. But we we immediately find out that he has something to him. He was a belter who kind of tries to look like an earther for some reason that we don't know right and, right um you know the people know him he's he's well known on the belt but they also right. kind of don't mess with them like that so he's kind of like right. a lone wolf situ- kind of situation you know right 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 well we also like when we get when we get miller and havelock we 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 get the trope of like our audience surrogate and so the feeling mm-hmm. would have luck in particular is that Havelock's going to be more important than he actually ends up being um because Havelock is then burdened with a lot of the uh responsibility of asking the questions of the of this strange world that we're in mm-hmm. so constantly Havelock is like why are y'all so fucking tall <laughs> <laughs> no <Or> like <laughs> yeah but you know what I, I didn't mind so so when you do use an audience surrogate I don't want you to ask the the, the obvious questions right Right. I, I like the way they did it, the way he said things like, OK, so what am I looking at? Like, basically, he's really trying to learn as a cop. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think we like, don't know why. 
sure, sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah. It was like you. when he when he looks at the guy, he's like, "So what am I look-? like?" It, it's it's clear that that Miller's like the guy who's like, "I'm I'm, I'm going to show you how this world is," and he's eager to to understand. And it and it right. did, it did feel like an authentic relationship between a detective and his new yeah partner. so Absolutely. that's what i'm saying so when you do it that way i don't have too much of a problem with it i understand it was a little heavy-handed at times but i didn't have an issue because it still felt connected to the plot right yeah i and i agree i agree with you my only my thing is is like usually the audience surrogate becomes important in some sort of capacity okay gotcha. so the audience the audience surrogate is is you know either low-key we're following that person through the course of like of the journey and we're going right. to this person is going to be then charged with with the you know call to action this person is going to go it's going to push the plot forward or have havelock's only purpose that i can tell so far because i haven't watched ahead so far is literally just to be the guy being in like oh so y'all need air here that's weird and they and miller then explaining <laughs> no that's a very very good point and to be honest he does drop i didn't i didn't even really notice that he drops off and you don't even see, like you barely see gone. him anymore and they don't say anything about it there's nothing you know so and and that's kind of oh man but that happens all through this pilot like yes we, we even we even like it it, it like it like i feel like it breaks up and i and we're just starting this exercise and right. so if if I if I'm completely wrong, go ahead. Uh please tell me. And and if I'm completely wrong, please tweet me and send me a comment <laughs> right. or something. Right. Uh but like it feels like it breaks a cardinal sin of of it's not it's not even a cold open, even though it should be a cold open, but the the beat with Mal is like you introduce this character in this strange space, strange world, like going about like you know she escapes from a room and she's walking around and people are dead and then she screams and it cuts the black and all this other shit and then we almost never see her again right right you know what i mean and and until like miller's like oh you gotta find her but even then it's like you it's like you almost don't even recognize her as exactly that he's looking for right like That's my thing. It's like when I talk about the story threads, like the threads between those disparate stories that are happening literally light years away, you right. need to make sure that it's very, very clear that each one of them are important to each other in some kind of right. way. And if you and if you want to keep it, if you want to keep them separated for a long time, that's fine. But make sure that that the the reveal that they are connected is so, so satisfying. Right. You're like, right. oh, okay, I get it. And then you're excited. Then you're excited right. to keep watching, right? And that just didn't happen, right? That no. cold open was probably the worst cold open I've ever seen. It, well, because it wasn't a cold open. <laughs> right. It was like it introduced <laughs> it, it wasn't scary. It wasn't interesting. It didn't give me a lot of information. It did tell me that she's on the scopuli. So then right. that that was the only reveal that we find out later on when I mean it was pretty obvious that when when Holden and and the crew find this, you know, you know, space the station far out that that's what it's going to be. But um, even then, but even and I know we're jumping around and to, however we I have we have to for this one. It but even then with we even though we get like her it's it's a blink she says she has scopuli written on her flight suit Mm -hmm. we don't get enough of the scopuli uh visually to tell that she is anywhere remotely 
different from anywhere else because essentially we're in a bunch of it's a bunch of people in rooms and all the rooms generally look the same so exactly. when so when they go to the scapula later on in the in the episode i can't tell other than the fact that like they say scapula mm-hmm. and if and i'm not you know and i can and i could barely make out that that's that she has scapula written on her flight suit that that's mm-hmm. the same place and in fact there's nothing that says that that's the same place because she could be in a flight suit that just says yo scapula and could be like fact, supreme and my in- nigga. <laughs> <laughs> you know right just the hottest shit on the street shit. <laughs> just the hottest shit on the street that's funny no it's funny though and and i'll say this and i know we're jumping around but in the script she isn't on the scapula when we find her that that's not what she is she's she's oh, well yeah she's not on the scapula so so and it's this another thing so if you do read this script right those who are listening if you do re- go back and read this script there are about 20 pages in that script that are not in this episode and after i read it i needed to watch it forward because i need to see what the hell was missing and if they got to it later on you know mm-hmm. and i did find that they do they do do that they don't they do go into some of those stories that were kind of missing and and cut off and and you mm-hmm. can almost feel it in the in the pilot so through miller's introduction right which i did i did like the introduction but the again the problem was he had two calls to action in a way or really, he had one strong call to action that never got satisfied right. and then right. we have one kind of like what felt like it was supposed to be a little runner story about him in the in the in the air filters that right. to me that was only supposed to be like a d story Right, right. You know what I'm right. saying? I agree. I agree and it was supposed to be it was supposed to be a stronger connection and then a big hopefully big reveal about Julie Mao and you know the right. woman that he was charged with trying to find, right? Right. Right. So that's what it felt like it sh- that should have been in the pilot and it just wasn't. The only thing we got out of the introduction and kind of Miller's arc was the the understanding that Miller has uh, he's had a hard past he mm-hmm. has a conflicting under uh, a, conf- a conflicting feeling about yep. the, his place on series as a man as a person as a belter yep. um he even again he espouses and some of those like earther tendencies like wearing an old school earther hat yep. so there's all these different elements about his character and then in the end he does like being the crooked cop that he is he still has like a heart and then that's what his story was about and that's it yeah and that beat and that beat really is only to like help it really only for us to get on his side because we watched him just kind of be a dick and right. an asshole for an hour and he's gonna be one of our heroes and so we need he needs some sort of redeeming value and so you know and as what what tends to happen in in, in my experience as being a crooked cop I see a little black child with a bird and that, that makes me want to go right. beat somebody's ass. Yeah. He, okay, so he sees this so funny what they do, right? And it and it felt like it was clear that they had to like add the little cough. What so listen. Yeah, listen oh I me. missed the cough. I so missed listen. So, I missed the cough. Yeah, so what he does is right. I, I I just got done watching this shit to get prepared for this, right? And so what he does when he's Right at the very end of his story, right before he kicks that dude's ass and throws him in a little airlock and removes the air, right? He throws yeah. a little peanut or whatever the fuck it was to the bird, and the bird catches it. And he's like, yeah. good job, little buddy. You're good at catching peanuts. Yeah. And he looks down and sees a little chocolate baby down there looking all cute with a little 
jacked up pigtails and he's like oh look at the little chocolate baby she's so cute and uh-huh. then when they cut away from the little ba- the little black girl all you hear is a, uh, 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 uh. they don't show her coughing they just it's just assume that it's just it's just i'm sorry <laughs> it's just assumed that he's like oh she coughing oh hell no does she does she coughing like she both smoked a pack a day for 20 years and has the delta variant like right <laughs> right right so yeah and and again they don't even show her it's like they had to throw the cough in there to well, justify the, what he was about to do because probably what it, they were probably they were watching it back and they were like oh that's not clear enough that that's what he's about to do so exactly. they adr the the cough right and they right. might have got they might have gotten like <laughs> Like the like, like the DP or the the AD to go Ooh. just cough into the mic, do a wild track on the little on the on the mic, yeah. So okay, um, that that really so, you know what Miller does, right? Miller, what Miller does reveal, what he does do again, he shows kind of like his his confliction as a, as a right. as a character. Right. He does show kind of his place in the world and kind of his status in the world. And then right. he kind of he does as he walks through the world of series, he does do some world building just in the way in in his behavior. Yeah, and he's doing world building in the place that is the most uh not is the most alien to us. Right. In the belt like right. they, and they are almost not human at this point you know what i mean they yeah so, so they, it's they, important they, yeah it's important. it is it is and, it, and it's interesting too i'll say one thing like when you are when you are introducing kind of what you what you described as alien and foreign and you know those are two terms that are loaded but in this case yeah, we're talking loaded. about things that are kind of outside of our on our understanding right outside right. of our understanding and on a normal day-to-day basis it is very, I said they did a fantastic job of explaining cer- certain of these really, really interesting concepts like people living in low G and kind yeah. of living and growing differently and, them, and yeah. their bodies being being elongated as a result yeah. or like having bone yeah. de- density juice as a child, uh, which causes some issues. You know what I'm saying? So right, there were right. some kind of cool things there, I think, that should be noted. And, and honestly another thing with the um i i know i, I don't want to jump all the way um so i'm not going to so i'm i'm going to wait i'm going to wait for my my Steph Curry award <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to hold it i'm going to hold it but i just want to say that there there are some there's some elements of this show that do make you want to keep going because you are a sci-fi fan and they yeah. and they do a lot of things really well and i yeah. and, and if we can can we jump can we go ahead and jump to um to Holden's story yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we do that, I just want to say that, like, in addition to that, um, casting played a huge, especially with the belt, casting plays a huge role. And so they did a really great job in terms of, like, casting people who look like they have some sort of, like, elongation. In addition to the makeup, in addition to, there's very little CGI at all. It seems like it's all pretty much practicals. And so mm-hmm. um, that that was pretty, I think that was pretty exceptional. It was. Yeah. I agree, man. It was, it was like the the people, you know, you know, casting tall people, maybe doing some CGI on some of their like elongated, yeah, appendages at times. But yeah. it was still really, really interesting. I mean, like, like yeah. I said, it, I believed it. 
I believe. But here's the, but here's the thing too, though. You know, what I mean, like, even though we're doing all this world building, so much of that stuff could have gotten cut in in lieu of just giving us more of story plot <laughs> and more story. Because like, there's that whole scene. For example, there's that whole scene with the sex worker. And from yeah. what I can tell, unless this is going to come up later on in another mm-hmm. episode, none of that was necessary. No, her being a sex worker doesn't matter. The actual crime that was committed doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, We don't know who. You know, it wasn't like we were. Again and again, the problem is they give us things that we expect from a from a detective, and then Mm -hmm. they don't deliver. Right. So you you give us a murder. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're going to find the murderer. Right. You think that's going to be what it's about. And maybe that's going to be the secondary story to his call to action, the overarching call to action about Julie Mao. Right. So now we got to We got to murder. So I would have been happy if we would if it wasn't about the air filters and it was just about solving the murder for this episode. That would have been great. More about, you know, we we learn more about the character, the world and and how maybe this murder was connected to this larger plot maybe connected to the opa maybe connected to you know a small piece in this larger like super expansive political drama that we're watching right yeah instead of just some some random like sci-fi gobbledygook (laughs) and then and then holding not holding uh uh havelock holding his hand next to the the dead belter's hand and we were like oh wow their their hands are so big but we've seen them being big right for a for five minutes before that exactly so then so we got that right <clears throat> all right so let's stop the holding let's stop the holding. I'll, I'll go i'll go to holding but i do want to say this one other part too because <laughs> we'll never right get before, the <laughs> <laughs> no we will i promise you because it's literally right before it so when he says kidnap job kidnap job my pleasure right that uh-huh. cut right there it was and then again we're cutting to the black keys right after that it I was know, like which totally was that crazy it was a bit it, uh, <laughs> because i don't i don't it, it's tough because like we both we we both don't want to be too too critical, yeah. but I like know. I know, but to like to cut to such a a, a, a such a recognizable song right. in a world that is so foreign and so alien unrecognizable <laughs> was so jarring. Like unless you're doing some shit like you know for all mankind, or you're doing some shit where like you know Apollo thirteen, where like they're out in space, but it's like a period piece, or like yeah, it's representative or like an alternate of the time, yeah, representative of the place, representative of the character in some kind of interesting right. way. It was just like we're gonna put a super popular band's song right in the middle of this to kind of show that this is a cool world like this is a cool fun world and it was like but it had nothing to do with what was happening like like dude like like it it had they were like okay so in this scene they're mining some ice the ice breaks it it cuts uh a paj paj's arm off yeah young Um, black man young young black black man's arm off who has a name who also later spoiler (laughs) dies (laughs) dies <laughs> right right again so once again we don't really need to know his name however um his arm gets chopped off and it floats out in the space which is a great you know dead space if you play that video game reference uh was a or, reference 2001 either dead space referenced it or it referenced dead space i can't I yeah can't it, had, it was a re- it was a big and that's actually in the script too so there's a it is a reference to 2001 you remember when the um, and the the ape throws the big ass bone in the air and yeah, it spins yeah, yeah. around and then turns into the the spaceship. It was yeah, it was kind of that, that thing too. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So this all this is happening, but then we have the black keys plan, and I'm like, this ain't got nothing to do with like ain't they're singing some. 
they're singing some song about like being in love and some dude's yeah. arm is floating in space. Ugh. Right. And so like, okay, so we, and then and then as soon as that happens, we get a zero G sex scene, right? Cool. Awesome. Zero right. G sex scene, right? So it's Holden and his his little girl, Ade. Interesting mm-hmm. name for a white girl. I'm just saying, but whatever. Well, I what I do like because because here's the thing about this world, which I think the right the novelist does a really great job about is that we're in a time and space um where everybody essentially races intermixing into intermix and culturesmen especially right. if you're from earth right. so all the earthers you know what i mean there's this one there's this one um brother who looks either um south i think i think the actor is south asian mm-hmm. um but he has like a, a western twang to his accent right, right right um you know the black man with his name uh paj you know like yeah, yeah. that was cool i did like yeah. that no that's yeah. a good point that's a good point that they, yeah. they, they do they do do a good job of that like there is a i believe she, a black woman uh she might be biracial but i'm not sure so i don't want to say but she's a light-skinned black woman there with the british accent i believe her last name is nagata Na- yeah, Naomi. Exactly. Yeah, so, Naomi you know, has, yeah, a, yeah. has a Japanese name, I want to say. Um, yeah. so yeah, they do a good job, I think, in that regard. Like you're you're right. Like yeah, essentially three three hundred years in the future, like Earth has evolved yeah. to the point where like, you know, that that kind of thing just is kind of uh common. Very common. Yeah, it's so, a more globalized uh society, more globalized right. world. So white girl named Ade still jarring for me in 2023 okay <laughs> so anyway they're they're in the middle of this sex scene and then uh it says like the gravity comes comes down and they both fall and there's this little moment they have this little moment and um so because posh just got his arm chopped off there is a little the little beacon that goes off right and then holden says oh we didn't hear it and then ade is like sorry cowboy but we did and had i not read <laughs> i wouldn't have caught it but this is that was kind of one of the great things that did did happen because as we move forward you find out that that's kind of like a mirror or a reference or a uh-huh. kind of foreshadowing piece to what happens later on uh-huh. um but i i do i did like the way they they introduced holding in that world and i think i think the actor did a good job of playing a guy who doesn't want to be there is willing to break the rules and yeah and his turn kind of makes sense too as he yeah. goes along yeah yeah his, him and and miller's uh arc all, all look pretty clear it's mm-hmm. it, the problem with them is that they for me with the two of them is that they end up kind of being the same um same sort of thing you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying um mm-hmm. not to equate humans as things but like the same the characters tend to tend to fall in the same direction because yeah. they're both like reluctant heroes um holden's reluctancy is becoming a leader for this ragtag group of space travelers and miller's uh miller's reluctancy is becoming a hero for this space station and becoming a, a true detective and a true police officer but mm-hmm. it, it's they both are like tired they both are like look like they've been doing you know a bunch of like k they they both you know what i mean they they both are like like these white boys like so they 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 fall this very they they tend to blend together right they're like the younger version of each other they just found two different paths you know just yeah they could have been the same guy had they had they followed the same path right yeah and they essentially 
Yeah, right. they essentially are the same guy. They both are corrupt in some sort of capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, Hold, Holden's, Holden's a little bit more um, of a traditional hero in the sense of, like, he does do the morally right thing, you know. Um, granted, it, he, he gets propped by his girlfriend, and we watch Miller, like, get a bunch of money and do a bunch of bad stuff before that. Right. Um, but they are, they're both just very similar in that direction. That's a very good point, because when you do have if you if you do have two different characters and two different worlds variety and maybe even like doing some mirroring with those characters may be helpful for kind of creating that drama drama that you want to and that kind of emotional pull between them regardless of what's happening with the plot i think you make a really good point about who these characters are in this story and what their goals their wants are they're they're Mm -hmm. very they're so similar that it does it's kind of like that intrinsic thing that that you don't really think about until your buddy brings it up like today just now that like <laughs> like it's kind of the, that intrinsic element that is a problem in the story um right. you know what i mean like right. it's one of you know you know what i mean like when you have two characters that are that similar it does present a problem you know yeah um, yeah and it's and it's not it's not too much of a problem because the actors are are very good. Yes. Um. And and so the actors are are charismatic. And so I'm I'm down. Like, like we we are like, we are like like kind of going in on this pilot. Um. But the world is is there and the world is interesting. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And like I'm interested in seeing the direction that they go in. There's just some structural things that i think because they had they were trying to do so much world building it's interesting to do this pilot like right after the the orphan black because orphan black does almost no world building in that in that pilot and has a very kind of compact concise you know what i mean because they were they were concerned with story and character and when you're concerned with story and character the world comes together the world creates the questions that you need answered that create the drama. And another term I, I just picked up actually in Austin last week, which was called narrative greed. Basically, the, mm. the concept that humans like that, <clears throat> excuse me, that humans have a want and desire, a strong desire, even so much as to call it greed for knowing what happens next you know uh, in a story like they they need right. to know so right. creating that narrative greed it's just kind of like a more kind of academic term for drama and emotional uh-huh. Pain, uh-huh. Right? Mm-hmm. um but but i yeah. really i really like that because it gives that that uh that gives the audience like we always we talk about action of characters you know what i mean and we talk mm-hmm. about any and even and even uh when you talk about almost every element of of filmmaking and storytelling you it is always equated to some sort of need and want even the camera like what does the camera need to see was you know what i mean like mm-hmm. um and so we often forget that like the audience is also a part of that conversation mm-hmm. and the, the audience has a desire and a need and the audience also is going to want as an action to do something you know and so this idea of narrative greed the audience is going to want to find things out it, we get into that when we get into like you know, uh, mystery box pieces where it's like the audience wants to figure out the puzzle. But even that action of like trying to figure out the puzzle also works for this kind of narrative, which is essentially a space opera, this kind of narrative. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. puzzle being what what is the story, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. Right. So like as as we go through and again, like we, we, we went through Miller's arc pretty, pretty 
handily. I mean, it's not it's not too deep, unfortunately, but like ultimately, <laughs> yeah. like it, it, it's really like which story do you want to follow the most? Which one are you right. most interested in? And to to me, one thing they did, I think they did good, did well rather, is they um made me want to get back on the Canterbury real bad a couple times. Like I wanted to get back I and see. see only time, but it was only one time. It was really the only time I really wanted to get back on the Canterbury was when they took us away from it after the Mars showed up, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. Right. So, so I think that might be something I can take away from this pilot in terms of like when I was talking about before. You never answer the question. You, right. you make them wait. You make them wait. Right. 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 So it's the same concept, in, except you don't have a you know you don't you're not interviewing somebody who's actually acting asking a specific question it's just right, a story right. question right the when mars shows up you're like oh shit what's about Here to we happen yeah. we're, we're you know we're about to be at war we know they're militaristic we don't know right. how brazen they are what are they about to do and then right. then you bring us back to the series right so now we go back to the series series not not the series of the television show the series the <laughs> the space station the asteroid boys yeah <laughs> right so we go back to the belt and we're there but i think again we're when we get back to the belt we want to know what miller's about to do related to that call to action he got and and it's unsatisfactory unsatisfactory right so then once we leave that again when he when we leave that the only satisfaction we get is he tortures this dude for a little bit like two seconds and then we go back because it's also it's like what's great about cutting away from the canterbury as soon as mars shows up is it's it's finally something is happening and it's not happening and it's not and it's not like it's something is happening in the sense of like okay this cool action no something's happening in the sense of like somebody did something which had a consequence they show up to the scapulae they push a little button that signals mars mars shows up consequence now i gotta find out what what is the result of this consequence and what they do brilliantly is like before we find out what's going to happen with this consequence they cut away right and so now you're like fuck i gotta find out what's what's going to happen the only issue is that all of a sudden we cut away to something that we actually honestly do not care about because when we last when we last were looking at miller we were looking at miller trying to find mal and right. Miller is nowhere near close to finding Mao. In fact, Miller is now just torturing poor people in airlock. <laughs> right. Right. For a reason that we're not even 100% sure about. Yeah. Like, no, for still a reason, was, the reason is pretty clear. It's, the reason it's is clear, his damn it's, fault. He is torturing this man for. <laughs> but it's still, it's clear, but it's like, to me, again, all of those, all of the stories, except the one on the on the uh, the Canterbury, aren't strong enough emotionally for you to care. Yeah. Like nobody, we are not entirely sure that people are dying. I mean, they were dying, I guess. But again, it was been so long before we saw the the time with him and Havelock in that area right. where people are really, really having some serious problems that right. we almost don't even care anymore. And then again. Once we get back to him when he's like throwing a peanut at a at a bird, we've really forgotten that that this that, that this, this was a charge is. for him. Like this is important to him. Yeah. And then he yeah. just does this random thing. And I'm almost like, why is he? Oh, okay. Is is you know what I mean? Like it's not like yep. it's super, super clear. You're like, why is he doing this? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That yeah. that dude is an asshole. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Absolutely. we go back when we go back. I mean, we're on the scopula and we still are confused because 
even the bodies that Mal we saw Julie see aren't there anymore. Just like a yeah. head goes by. Yeah. So again, we have so many questions. Not question, and then they're not questions that we want to be answered in the next episode. They're questions that we wanted to be answered then. <laughs> yes. yes. And that was my thing. Like, I don't mind if we have questions that that lead us to next episodes, but there are certain questions that we want to feel satisfied with the answers to, or at least feel like we can come up with an answer in that right. first episode. And right. that was the biggest issue that I had. We have another small story at the very beginning, in the very middle with a woman named Christian, I can't pronounce her last name, and I feel terrible about it. And I'm we're not just gonna, gonna we're, we'll stick with Christian. But before we do that, before <laughs> mm -hmm. we get to our third protagonist, let's take a little break. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about that small story on Earth. And we are back. We right, are so returning. We're right, and so we're just about to get into Christian, who I think functions as a third protagonist. Um, even though we only get, I think maybe three to five minutes of her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets a really strange introduction. I, we talked about this before, but I, I really just didn't. Oh man. <laughs> so so much of the way this was done was was just not. I didn't really like it. And <laughs> and you hate when you feel like. And I, I don't want to disrespect the the producers, directors, or the writers of this, but when you do get the feeling like. I could have done better than this. It's not a great feeling. <laughs> um, or let's put it like this. I had ideas that I think were better than the way that, that they introduced her. But so, so the, we get it introduced to, to uh, Christian. She is a, a, what we believe to be, or is presenting as at, in this world, a South Asian woman. She's wearing a sari and um, she is a, a young boy is, is sneaking up behind her and has like, what looks like a, I don't know, water cannon of some kind, throws it at her, almost hits her. And then she turns around like, what in the world's wrong with you? And then immediately gets like excited and giggly and starts tickling the little boy. All right. <laughs> and I'm like, why did that happen? And then right after that, he's, you know, um, she's like, yeah, I'm a grand. Basically, there's a little ex exposition dump where it's like, I'm a grandmother. Okay, great. Grandmother, yeah, right. Okay, so we're supposed to be endeared by the fact that you're a grandmother. And yeah, mm -hmm. this little cute interaction with your son, which is not cute, to, not to my black eyes. It's not cute <laughs> to me, because I would have got my ass beat to do, for doing that. Okay, so Especially I'm just to your grandma, right? Like, you, what? That's like a ultimate. water balloon at right. your grandmother. Yeah, and almost hit her in the face, and like she's looking in the mirror, like trying to get her makeup right, and you like almost hit her. Like, come on, man. So anyway, there's that. My my black sensibilities were like, no, this ain't right. And then I definitely wouldn't get tickled after that. I would have gotten a switch outside. <clears throat> but anyway so that happens right and then right after that she there's like a helicopter that comes from over and then there's like this little pre-lap where we're now she's in the helicopter and we right. get like the overlapping dialogue of them communicating talking about like are oh, you have to go again yes sometimes you have to go get the truth blah blah blah. right right, right. she goes there and then she's all she goes to what they refer to as a u.n black site she walks inside and 
Which there is the is... biggest, the biggest fucking black site I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> right. It looks like, like it looks it's like, like right on the water, right, right where freaking what's her name? What's the name? Statue of Liberty. Yeah, Statue yeah. of Liberty is literally looking right at the black site. That's not a good place <laughs> for a black site. That ain't a black site. You ain't right. You ain't hiding like, shit at that point. Everything can be seen, but anyway, <laughs> black site right there. And then um, she goes inside, and there's just like, but look, you know what we know now is a belter you know who mm-hmm. is elongated by living in low g and she's just like berating him insulting him and now we're getting a little bit of that racism thing going on you know yeah, <laughs> where yeah. We're, we're finding out that the, you know these aren't people that they like these are these are ne'er-do-wells like just the, yeah. the thought of them the look of them is a low status right so that's yeah. something that we didn't really really get introduced to before we kind of got a hint at it but this is kind of like the overt understanding that these the earth earth feels like they're better than these people and there's a lot of reasons why right 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 like they're well there's yeah yeah there's also there's like there's we get the sense that there's that they're that they're at odds during the scene we get the sense that um that there is some like some imperialistic undertones in terms of language Mm -hmm. that christian uses um towards the belter um often oftentimes equating to them being less than human you know or not or no longer human um which is often terms that we would hear and see in history and and today Mm -hmm. um in terms of imperialistic language um and so we do get so and we're also just we're just opposing that with the fact that like christian the first time we see christian is she's this lovable grandmother albeit um questionable parenting tactics but (laughs) lovable and then and then she's also we also have to deal with the fact that she also tortures um uh uh, brown coded characters because the belter let's be real the belters are coded as brown they are even though most of them are white and they 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 present as white euro types but the thing another another interesting thing which was kind of strange to me was that accent that they had that little it almost sounded like caribbean of some kind it is i mean wrote me the wrong way i'm not gonna (laughs) lie because i'm okay i i yes i understand that we are in the future right and that you know whatever language does what it does and dialects do what they do right so it's not it's not you know out of the realm of possibility that this particular dialect could be espoused and attached to this particular group of people but it Mm -hmm. is still jarring for my not that my 2023 black ears to hear white people speak in that particular type of tone in that particular dialect. yeah and that's the thing about speculative fiction is like it's very difficult to do speculative fiction and not have some sort of coded thing about mm-hmm. something. I mean, like Dungeons and Dragons is dealing with this right now. The original Dungeons and Dragons, every single race is some sort of uh, either advert um, homage or just uh, strips like or is appropriating direct uh cultural sensibilities from actual real life sensibilities and actual real life cultures and so then you run into a problem when you have the orcs which are coded which are sometimes coded as indigenous people sometimes coded as um mongolian sometimes coded as da 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 and then they're equated as evil you know what i mean in right. the in the in the world and so this also becomes uh this also because you also are running into uh, a very sticky situation here with the with with this piece because you do you want to give some sort of hint of oppressed people however our understanding of oppressed people in this in our 2023 space is brown people 
um, our understanding of oppressed people in 2017 were people from the Middle East. And when you're talking about things that are actually happening and then you're putting it in a sci-fi space, um, you then run into very difficult and sticky conversations yeah and and also like adding to that point is you you're also dealing with an adaptation and again i, I haven't read it right. but i i would assume and again you can you you have read it so you can tell me but like i would assume that that's probably specific to you know the way that these particular people were coded or they were described in the novel right. um so like you have to make a decision when you're putting something on screen whether that you want to be in exactly true to the to in, in the in the adaptation to the particular novel that is coming from right. the source material, or did you want to uh, change it up? Because if you do, you can come, you can run into some old like you know fans that are like you know no, don't do that, or I'm not watching right. it because it's not true to the to the book. Right. Well, the and the showrunner ha has spoken about that um, specifically, and. The showrunner, uh, uh, Nareen uh, Shankar, uh, was reacting directly to the Game of Thrones um, uh, conversation, especially the fan reaction to Game of Thrones. Um, and this is the quote. This is a quote from him. Um, he says, we never changed the big framework of the of the plot. Speaking of he's speaking of the novel. Uh, we stayed true to it but got to it in a slightly different fashion. We just wanted to keep funneling as much drama as possible into the core cast. In the novel, it's okay if you break into certain perspective characters or introduce them along the line, but for the purpose of the show, that's not what we try to do. So it sounded like he was really trying to keep in mind the the um, the medium in which he was telling right. this story. Mm -hmm. um, however, I do think when it comes to specifically racial presentation um <clears throat> me personally i have a bit of i have some questions right yeah that are the post so again like you said they they there were things that they did interestingly and then things that they kind of missed the mark in terms of those particular elements when we're talking about like being out being in speculative speculative fiction or 300 years or you know in a dystopian future you Black people, especially, we want to see ourselves. Uh, brown people, we want to see ourselves. Well, we do. We do want it to be real. We want it to be realistic. This show doesn't. This show does a, a good job of kind of showing what a world may look like in the in 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 the these future years, but they just don't highlight as much some of the brown folks in the way that I would have liked to. Like Paz yeah. gets his arm cut off and then he dies. Um, <laughs> We got a, a little brown woman who seems like she's a will they won't they with with Miller type uh -huh. situation. Um, but again, that that yeah, man, they the way they do things, it's like I really wanted to see I want I, remember, okay. So remember when when Miller shows up and he he hits on the the young lady who's also his colleague. Yeah, yeah. when he she's at the bar laughing with another, you know, guy. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. so anyway, you kind of see that they had kind of a relationship in the past, and and that kind of thing happens. And then he asks her a really pertinent question for the for the plot, and right. something re directly related to what we we think is going to be his his storyline. Right. And then at the very end, I was hoping that she was just going to give a little nugget that he could use, like that one little piece that he was asking for, that he could take that and then thrust the plot plot forward. And she goes. She goes, now eat something. You look like hell. And I'm like, oh my God. Jesus. Nothing. Yeah. And once again, we get no, 
we get nothing because because when we're talking about when we're talking about information that we need it's not about as wonderful as it is to like find out about the history of the language or the history of the peep of the belt or the history of earth and the this that and the third and all the cultural stuff that they're building at the end of the day it was like we want to know what is going to happen to these characters and we're, we want to know like how these characters are going to solve the problems that are presented in front in front of them um i remember I'm, when i'm writing my pilot and a lot of the notes that i was getting was like yeah this scene is great but it tells me nothing you mm-hmm. know what i mean it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's giving me a lot of banter um there's there's a some kind of funny things that are happening mm-hmm. um but it's it but it's not it's done it does nothing in terms of move the pilot and move the plot forward right and that oftentimes was an issue because because this thing was an hour and you had three characters and one character is only in there for five minutes and we have no real idea what she wants other than like trying to stop this terrorist attack mm-hmm. and you spend so much time just explaining the belt it's like you, that could have been episode two three four you know right. what i'm saying so so one thing i was really trying to i was like i, I gotta hear what this woman is talking about when she's just torturing this guy because it really just felt like at first it felt like okay we're just seeing we're finding out that this nice sweet grandma is actually an evil <laughs> fascist overlord who is into torture, right? So I'm like, okay, that can be enough, but what is she actually asking this guy? What she's talking about is him holding, or him having stealth technology, right? Interesting little nugget there. Oh, I missed, see, and I missed that. I missed that. Yeah, so she asked him about stealth technology. You You were in you were holding you were holding uh what's she called contraband right illegal mm-hmm. contraband and it was the stealth technology and he's an opa person so then i you still cannot connect that to the canterbury at that time see see oh. how you see how you miss it it's, it's very quick it's very easy to mix and that's another reason why i was saying with the three stories that thread that emotional and plot line thread needed to be stronger right. um and they need to be more clear because I shouldn't have to watch it three, four, five times, and we did, to <laughs> to be able to catch these types of things, or even miss it after watching the three, four, five times. Yeah, you know I watched that thing. I watched that thing three times, and I yeah. and I totally missed it. Yeah. So I mean, like, there's 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 some issues with this one, man. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I feel like we're already leading the one big question that we have, <laughs> one of the big questions that we have. But I do. So so should we get to the end of Holden's story, or or yeah yeah, you know, let's just let's just jump ahead i mean like we yeah we, with christian it, it, she's you know she's trying to find out what the stuff technology and just like miller at the end of her scene we're left with she's left with nothing and we're left with nothing she right. walks away and she has she's nowhere closer to finding out about stuff technology than than we are um and so we we're gonna cut back to Holden. Holden Holden's been doing some things, and now all of a sudden, <clears throat> let's go to Holden in the scapulae, um, and Mars has just showed up. What we assume is Mars, because based on this information that you just gave me that I missed, Mars appears, uh, and Mars appears through some sort of stealth That's technology. And again, it would have been in that scene with Christian if they had said something like, "Where did you get that stealth technology? Only Mars has that." If right. they said something like that in that scene, immediately it's stronger. Yes. Immediately it's stronger. Because we do get that. We do get that line right. uh, from, from the pilot. Well, the pilot goes like, only Mars mm-hmm. has this technology. Exactly. 
but it's but we're also it's so much is happening in that moment that we're not really clocking and registering and it's also too much time has happened in the right. pilot right because right, all right. this other stuff with miller has happened all this other stuff with holden's happened between that beat with christian and all this and and a mars appearing you know right. mars attacks so, so there's so much right there's so much that you can learn there's so much that you can learn from it and I, and honestly like like i said well, i was talking about the documentaries earlier a lot of these filmmakers are at different stages. I'm actually at an early stage myself. And we talk about this, right? Me yeah. and Elijah, we talk about this. We, we, the first episode of this podcast, the episode one show, by the way, it was, we were talking about how we got notes of various levels of savagery as, as Elijah <laughs> said, and I quote, <laughs> and, and so like, we're not coming from it from a certain place of authority but we're definitely we're, we're we're studying here you know we really yeah. want to learn how to do this and when and when you when you criticize something that's when i think if you criticize it in a constructive way truly then hopefully that it can it can help you it can help you move move forward so like what i'm learning through yeah. this one here is like one the emotional threat especially you have multiple disparate stories the emotional thread has to be very strong between the three mm -hmm. of them even if you have to reveal it in a satisfying way later on, because right. um, and that's that like that that tension and release, or you have to, and and the thread of the plot has to be strong, even if the audience doesn't know it, right? Yes. So yes. the plot the the plots need to be strong, and then that pilot is so important. And and in the notes that we got, thank shout out to Courtney and Jess for yeah producers, our producers, our producers, awesome producers. I wish we would have shouted y'all earlier. So hopefully listeners you've gotten all the way to this point to hear this but uh shout out to courtney and jess for giving us some great notes but it was great to find out that um and i, I believe i whoever was the one who wrote the, the that particular line in the notes was saying that it wasn't a, a pilot in the traditional sense so a pilot used to be such that you would produce a pilot and then they would order the rest of the episodes later on in this sense is it was through through the research that we've done they said that sci-fi channel bought all 10 episodes right then and there right uh -huh, uh -huh. so they could have decided like regardless of of whether the audience or whoever liked that first episode the show was going to go yeah. right yeah. yeah so they had they had a, a little bit of leeway on how they were going to present this show and i think they right. be especially after reading this script you can tell they 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 disjointed that that first pilot script and they kind of like fragmented it right right right, they right fragmented right. it and again maybe that was because they had to be 45 minutes and this was on a network that had advertisements right um there could have right. been other things that happened but what we learned even regardless or regardless of what happened what we can learn from this i think and and elijah you can tell me how you feel about it too but it's like how do we make sure one that all of these different stories are connected in a way that's emotionally mm -hmm. res emotionally resonant Mm -hmm. um they they reveal something about the character they drive the plot forward they also are exciting each scene has interesting dialogue and banter the world right. building is strong and when in sci-fi you have it's so much it's so difficult because you have to do it's all so those hard. things plus you have to build a world that nobody's ever seen before exactly um, but yeah yeah exactly i think you know once again, this is not a Game of Thrones podcast. Oh, However, Jesus. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. <laughs> here we go. We gotten this far without doing it. We got yeah. this far in the podcast without yeah. without. Go ahead. What well, do you got? What do you, What do you got to say about the goddamn go? All I gotta say about Game of Thrones is we, and we. I'm gonna have to go back and watch, <laughs> but we we get 
three different worlds. Mm-hmm. Two of those worlds become connected pretty quickly, and one mm-hmm. is in a one has a whole fucking ocean between them and the other and mm-hmm. the other world, and we have no idea how that world is connected to the other two worlds, and yet we are still invested in each one of those characters from each one of those worlds. And you know, and I will argue just slightly. I will I will argue they Please. do they are connected they 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 do they do have connection through what they say maybe not what they do and sometimes right, they right. do too but it's through what they say so like oh god you're gonna get me don't get me started <laughs> I, that's all i'm gonna say that's all i'm gonna say when we do game of thrones look i could like recall that that pilot so clearly <laughs> we gotta but listen. see that's but that is that is why I mean that that is why it's such a good pilot because yeah. we're looking at the expanse who's attempting to do the same thing, right? And in certain instances, it's not. Um, in certain instances, it's not really hitting the mark, and we can also see where it's not hitting mark. The expanse chose to lean forward with world building, lean forward with exposition, and people say with this show, they're like episode six this show is fire and i believe it i think mm-hmm. like once you get past all that world building once you get past all that because i know they're going to introduce a million other characters right you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and also like the simple fact of the matter is is like they're they're relying on a source material that always is shifting its tone so the first book of the expanse is essentially a, a neo-noir mm-hmm. piece you know, and so you and so you're trying to do a space op. You you know that the show is going to become basically a crazy space opera with with zombies, and you have to start with neo noir. Yeah, bro, they're like zombies in this fucking show. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's okay. like fucking like Mao. I think turns into some weird like it's uh, I, it's okay. It, it goes I do want to watch, it, so don't spoil it for me because I am yeah. kind of I am moving forward with it yeah it goes it goes and it goes in some crazy places but okay. you know what i mean but the at the beginning you're basically starting with miller like wandering around uh the asteroid basically like in a voiceover that sounds straight up from like a dick tracy mm-hmm. kind of thing you know um so it, it what they what they're trying to do is incredibly difficult yeah. um and some in some places in this pilot it worked really well in some places you know it it didn't do you want to you want to go through our our sections our awards for this i was gonna go to abc stories but i'm gonna be honest with you feel like this is pretty clear right yeah um, i think we got them i think we got yeah them. you can kind of tell like we told you there's three stories in there right and you know one's holding one's miller and one's christian and christian gets five minutes holding gets a... so the only thing about the the holding story that we didn't say is that mars does blow up the canterbury at the end and kills right. everybody right everybody who wasn't on the little the little life raft essentially mm-hmm. or the the little uh what they yeah his away mission. they call it a runabout yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah. But yeah, so yeah, there was like five of them that stayed alive because they went on that little mission to the Scopuli. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing you really need to know. At the end, Mars explodes everybody. His little girlfriend dies. Everybody dies. That, yes. That's that yeah. one. So those are the ABC stories. We can move on. So we can go. I, I do want to ask you, before we get to the um the awards and all that, mm-hmm. I do want to talk about the threads that you can see. Like, which which threads are you anticipating? We could get through that pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, like, of course... Yeah. The main one is, of course, Miller searching for Mao, and that's mainly because we start off with Mao. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh and then very quickly in miller's story he's he's charged with trying to find her so Mm -hmm. um i think that's important um where how holden where holden's gonna go Mm because he's essentially lost in space with his crew um unfortunately like at the end of that pilot they're basically stranded and so they're with no clear direction on where to go so i don't Mm -hmm. know like what i'm expecting um but i'm expecting something with that like that um and then of course you know we have christian's war against the oba and so you know her counter espionage you know Mm -hmm. pseudo george bush thing that she's gonna be doing like how you know. deep is she in 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 this and like what is her yeah. real role how high up yeah. is she she's clearly a high official but she's also torturing people in person yeah. so she's not that high so where is she there so i mean i see i see also with miller i see like is there a will she will they won't they again with with his ex little girlfriend uh-huh, right? right what's their right. relationship like what are is there going to be like a uh you know a, a weekly case of the week type situation on like a th- on a C story every week where yeah, Miller's maybe. like figuring out something that's happening here on the belt. Uh-huh, um, maybe, yeah. Then then with 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 uh, holding it, it's really for me. It's like, does he become the leader? He it gets tasked with ding ding ding. Yes, I agree. Ding 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 ding. Because right. I was like, I was like, that's his call to action. Is like, is holding because all of a sudden, like holding holding becomes second in command, and then. And then he's like, I don't want to be come second in command. And then his captain blows up. And then he's like, okay, well, I guess I'm the captain. Right, right. So then it's his hold again, Holden, <laughs> is he gonna be the leader that he's been tasked with being? And then after that, it is ooh, oh, oh, um, there was something with Naomi, like Naomi and the uh What's the guy's name? I can't. Remember. Oh man, I wish I could remember this guy. Is is the not the pilot, but the um, kind of like he what? looks like a he looks like a marine. The big the big headed the big head dude. Some of the guy looks like the dude from um from Arrow. That guy. Yes, yes. There's yes. something going on with Naomi and him. Yeah, I like, missed it. I okay. watched the show three times. I no, missed that. No, listen. Like when she goes, she when they're in the little elevator. It's very small, but when they're in the uh-huh. elevator, and he goes. She was like, "You didn't sign the petition, right? To to fix the to the to yeah. fix the Canterbury, right?" Yeah. And then he was like, "Yeah, whatever Naomi says goes." It's like he's the he don't think for himself. He's like attached to her. Oh, so, uh, that, yeah. it's very small. It's very small. <laughs> all right, all right. I, I can see it. I, it's a reach. It's a reach. Okay, maybe I can see that. Well, you also I think you also got so um, apparently there's like some kind of organized crime on the belt that I think that's mm-hmm. gonna come come back up. Um, I think that. I think that there's got to be something with Miller and the OPA because he keeps running into these people mm-hmm. and they keep calling him a, a race trader. Mm-hmm. So um, I imagine like he's he's going to run smack into these people and he's going to have to decide whether. And he also has that great line where he's like, you're going to know where I stand when things, you know, when the revolution occurs, you'll know where I stand. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to find out where he stands. Okay. Um, and then we got to find out what that big ball full of people screaming is yeah oh yeah obviously that yeah that of course (laughs) that one is is (laughs) is julie mal still alive what happened to her like what even why does it even matter who cares like (laughs) right who cares like right julie like why do we care because she's a rich girl like why okay um anyway so those are the those are the threads that we can we can anticipate finding in episodes two three four five and then mm-hmm. apparently six where it gets good unfortunately i mean like <laughs> what kind of show needs to go to six to get good is, is a problem but anyway 
All right. So, <laughs> all right. So we can say, what kind of cliffhanger is it? It's pretty simple. It's pretty obvious, right? It's a, of course, every, every cliffhanger is a, a burning question or it should be, but then there is. I actually don't, I don't think it, I, I. What did you say? Okay. what did you see? What'd because you, see? you, I'll you make my case, that, but I'll go ahead. Because we, we've been watching shows. We've been watching some pretty decent pilots. And so. <laughs> Um, and I'm not saying this isn't a decent pilot. It's you know, of course, it made it's it. To, it made it to sick. But all right, it's the not show a great made, pilot, Elijah. But the show made six uh, six seasons, and it was so, brought back by fans, so it was very well beloved. It was well beloved. So this is a we're, we're a talking pilot. about the pilot though. We're not talking about the seat. The show. The show right, might right. be great, but the pilot. Well, all I'm saying, it's a pilot of a beloved show. It so is. It did, it did some things right. Right. Um. Uh, however, like most of the cliffhangers we've seen, they've hit all three. You know what I mean? Um, but with this one, I don't know. I'm like, nobody has moved forward in anything that there's in any of their call to actions. Nobody has taken. Okay, go ahead. This, this is my thing, not to cut you off, but this is the thing. They are all there, but they're very thin. Like you, okay. you were bringing up the important things about like what these what these cliffhangers do for the plot, what they do for the story, what they do for the character development and what they do right. to thrust us into the next episode and into the right. series. Right. Right. These are there, but they don't do that. Right. They just don't do that in, in the way that we really need them to. So okay. for me, this is what I see a burning question, right? It's very thin. There's something you should know. It's literally at the front, just like in the, in another show that that's we so weak okay, that's so it's like, weak okay it's, it's weak. so like like what do, i'm like there's something you should know i'm like what, what like if like if and, and, but if it doesn't matter was, it doesn't matter like if if he like even if, even if and i'm this is a this is just a crazy crazy hypothetical but even if he was like was like sleeping with mal for example Mm -hmm. I would care more, but like I don't know anything really about his, about his girlfriend other than the uh, uh, Holden's girlfriend, other than the fact that like she really wants him to do the right thing, and she wants to leave the Canterbury. That's about it. That's about it. So I'm like, all right, maybe she's pregnant, and then boom, she blows up. I like, know that I was know. The, I, that's the first thing I thought of. I'm like, is she pregnant, and then she blows up, and then I'm like, does that? What does that matter? Because we don't even care. It, okay. None so, of that. It didn't matter. All right. So the big reveal. <laughs> the big reveal is what Mars is as savage as we thought. Mars is even they more kept savage. That. They Mars is even more <laughs> savage than we thought. Okay. Again, yes. thin. But that's what I'll give it. Okay. Yes. Mars is Mars is willing to do some real heinous shit. Okay. <laughs> and then the main character activate is Holden. Right. He, now he's activated because he has to lead now. Because he has not, no choice. But he's not activated because, like, he's stuck in space. That's my thing. It's like he's literally stuck in space. There's, he's literally he he is de facto dead. And I know, like, he can't be dead, like, in the next episode. But he but they they have set up like the, the lifeboat don't got the lifeboat don't got enough fucking or like like fuel. Like they even have a line in this thing where they say something like, you know, if you're stuck in space, you're essentially dead. Like it's like they're 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 dead unless something happens unless these martians and i imagine what's that's the question happen. what is going to happen why they're stuck in space so what's going to save them because obviously they're not going to die so what that that doesn't mean the protagonist is activated that means the protagonist is but it's a burning space. question 
It's a burning question. It is a question. <laughs> it's sizzling. <laughs> it's a sizzling question. It's a it's a smoldering question. It's, it's not a burning. smoldering question. Yes. Okay. All right. So okay, we've gotten past that. Even the even the, like if you can't get a cliffhanger right on a pilot, that's pretty bad. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Like we had, we just spent five minutes trying to make a case and also like tearing down this cliffhanger. Anyway, so cliffhanger, cliffhanger's got to be the easiest thing you can pull off in a, in a pilot. Uh, clearly not. Clearly it's not that. Maybe it's maybe fun. it's not. And look again, like I said, I don't want to disrespect no right. Like no, no, but I'm, because I I'm I am having a very hard time just doing all these things that I'm critiquing in this episode episode right now. (laughs) Every time I try to write something, I'm having a hard time with each and everything I'm talking about. So let me just make it clear. That's the thing I'm taking away from this is that it is very hard. And 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 you and you said it like I remember with uh with Wu Tang. Wu Tang is Wu Tang was similar. Wu Tang had um uh 10 season 10 episodes already kind of bought so our pilot wasn't it we weren't trying to sell the soul the show on the pilot mm-hmm. um you know what i'm saying and so um when and but then when we're watching things like dexter we're watching things like d space nine or we're watching things you know where the pilot even like orphan black which i don't know that the history of orphan black but i imagine like the need of it to like sell this thing which is why they're like even severance i mean like uh you know i'm rewatching severance and like even severance like all of that exposition does not happen until episode two mm-hmm. literally like we have we're sitting episode two and all of a sudden like one character is telling the character the rules of the world and so like i'm like what they front loaded it all onto this this episode with the expanse and and it's bogging down the rest of the show it's bogging down the show because i'm like what is this show about mm-hmm. right now i don't really know that's, that's i mean yeah you know. all right so let's move on let's move on to our actual awards we've gotten past the abc stories we've skirted okay. past the the, the cliffhanger, cliffhanger. <laughs> so now we shall go to the steph curry award elijah what is your steph curry award the award given to the actor or the department who could not miss um i give it to thomas jane he played miller okay um but i really want to give it to thomas jane's hat because that thing stayed on his head no matter what was happening stayed on his head when he was beating that poor poor man's ass (laughs) he thrust a human being into a hole and the hat stayed on there it had stayed on his head um but you know thomas jane he's a legendary actor um known for like predator you know, known for the miss, known for uh, Buffy, um, been in the been in the game for a long, long time, and you can tell. And actually, him as well as the uh, the woman playing Christian, who's a legendary Iranian actress, um, all of them carry a kind of gravitas. And and um, the showrunner talked about this about casting actors like that. Uh, when you do those kind of things, immediately your eye is drawn to the character, like as an audience member, because I'm carrying a bunch of my own personal baggage placed upon that actor and so when you see that actor play a part you're like okay that character is important um and from with thomas jane it's like okay so miller all of a sudden is important because thomas jane is is playing yeah okay okay for me for me i did not give it to an actor i gave it to the production design i gave it to the production design because 
in sci-fi, even and a lot of sci-fi channel shows too, right? The production design and uh, the set design can get pretty corny. And especially with sci-fi stuff, especially sci-fi stuff we haven't seen before. Uh-huh. where we it is it is speculative fiction and it's near future it's not necessarily super far advanced so they do a lot of really interesting things and honestly every single one of those elements like the the ship even the little you know the little they're not cell phones but those like clear plastic like yeah yeah, yeah, uh, yeah devices that they had and even miller having like a cracked one like you know how everybody has a cracked cell phone nowadays yeah it was yeah. kind of cool some of those you know specific elements and those details that were placed in that show were just really really well done and were super believable it, for a world that i mean it, it was so expansive i felt it didn't feel tight and compacted like a lot of pilots do in those oh. early in those early episodes right um Wait, so Colin, it, it, if, Colin. yeah it was so what? <laughs> Expensive? Oh my lord! I can't believe I did that, and you did that. Oh, thank you for that one. I appreciate that. But yes, they lived up to the name. Let's just put it like that. Okay, so I give it I, to them. I think that's uh, that's a great choice. I agree with you. Um, I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of that moment. Um, when Holden is is like looking at the uh the scopulized um uh 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 distress code mm-hmm. and behind them is a is a rat and then all of a sudden we're like oh my god there are rats in space and then you're like yeah that makes sense there'd be rats in space these are a bunch of broke people out in space mm-hmm. a bunch of blue collar people out in space like you know what i mean of course there'll be like rats and roaches and bugs and, know, shit. And, bugs and shit even yeah. in space no nah, yeah that was cool those little details were great i liked it and it and again it just felt believable and grounded me in that space right mm-hmm. so coldest line what you got coldest line you. Any laws against beating up suspects? No laws on Sirius, just cops. No, there's no laws on Sirius, just cops. Oh my God, we got the same coldest line. Because that line is fire. It is. I have the same <laughs> line. That, 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 that was my favorite line. Yeah, I think you know my next. I have another one, just okay. so that way we can have two. Okay. Uh. Air is good, don't you think? Air is nice. Keep those filters clean, asshole. Air is good. Air is nice. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Clean the filters, asshole. (laughs) Yeah, clean the filters, asshole. Yeah, Yeah. that was a good one. That was a good one, too. Oh, oh, I got got one more. I got one more. Yeah. Uh, 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 And this is given by... um, uh, the guy who was the XO um, mm-hmm. before Holden becomes the XO. And the XO in this world basically is like the second in command. Um, he goes, So far out into the darkness. <laughs> Why couldn't we have brought more light? <laughs> I hear you, Hulk. Come on now, X. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! He goes, uh, he's having a mental health issue, and he goes, we made it all the way in the darkness. Why couldn't we bring more light? And then he shoots a TV screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was pretty good. It was good, and it was sad. Yeah. It was sad. Yeah, it was I felt for him. Yeah. All right. So 
moving along to the next well, segment. Again, yep. We don't know what happened to him. All right, keep we going. Have no <laughs> idea what happened to him. And I look, look, we don't know what happened to him. We don't know why he, you know, why he started talking to his house plants. We don't know if like that it wasn't even like a harbinger of something to come. Like it could have been like yeah, I'm losing it too, man. I mean, right. like, so now Holden, like Holden has may may has the, have the same kind of issue. So now we're worried about him because uh-huh. now he's lost in space and he might lose his mind. So yeah. like, why can't we, why can't we do that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Anyway. All right. So, uh, yeah, those are, those are good, but we did have the same co- first coldest line. I don't have any more, but I'm glad you added those other two. So Juneteenth award, who you got? It's tough. Who you got? Uh, I give it to Dominic Tipper. She plays Naomi. Oh, yeah. 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 Awesome. Fire. You know, yeah. I'm gonna, what, she, what she was given. She, you know, she's not given a lot in this pilot. Her her main thing is just to look very kind of like scoldingly at Holden most of the time. But, you know, for what she was given, she, she does a great job. Yeah. Um, my first instinct was to give to Paz for losing an arm and then dying. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Paz's arm. There's nothing to there's nothing blacker than <laughs> being one of the few black people on there losing your arm in the show and then that is the, very at the end dying. That is the black that is the black experience. Losing that your the, arm and then blow getting blown up. That is the blackest thing <laughs> that can happen to you in a TV show. So part of me wants to give it to Paz for that. Well, right. but then but then again, like once again, like we're we're you're you what you bring up to the point with the names and you know the the idea the promise is that this is a very kind of multiracial um ethnically ambiguous um world post racial it's supposed to be post racial but, but it's not because the belters are the are the you know what i mean you know what i want to say yeah and they, like they, it's they also people. they them they them and it's and it's also anchored by two white men so as like as post racial as it possibly can be it's anchored by two cis heterosexual white man and 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 that kind of doesn't jive well with what the show is promising yeah that's a good point all right i think we've already answered this but asking the question the drum roll that happens towards the end of the podcast episode where we ask is this a good pilot elijah well sometimes we ask this at the beginning we used to we used to we're switching it up we're, we're switching up the format a little bit because what i've learned now is that you don't answer the question too early remember no i do i do because that's I'm right learning. because like think about it because we if you ask that at the beginning and we're like yeah it's okay and then people are like great and then they stop listening exactly <laughs> see i'm learning these storytelling techniques even by doing this podcast which is great okay so elijah i know we've already answered this but is this a good pilot it's okay it's, it's okay. okay. It's a decent pilot. It's like, it's like, is it good? Is it bad? Is it decent? Or is it great? All right. So there's levels, right? Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a decent. It's, it's decent. decent. Yeah. It's not it's got I, issues. It's, it's, it's decent. Yeah. It's not a, it's not, I, because of all the things that it has to do, it, I can't say it's a bad pilot. Um, I think bad but, would be like offensive. You know what I mean? Like I, it's yeah. so bad. I don't want to look at it anymore. I don't even, I'm like, it insults my intelligence, whatever. Yeah, I, or I literally, I'm literally have no interest in watching this show. Yeah, know? it's like it's it's bothering me to continue to watch it, and it wasn't like that. It wasn't no. like it wasn't that bad. 
Uh, so it's decent. It's decent. Okay. So moving. We have on. to wrap this up because we've been talking this for we've been talking we have. two hours. We have. We have. So, <laughs> all right. What are you watching then? Quickly, what are you watching? Uh, what am I watching? Um, I'm finishing up Reservation Dogs season three. Very excited. Which I love to talk to you about. Um, th- this season in particular because it feels like an epilogue. Um, mm-hmm. and um, I'm curious about that. I'm curious about the decision to like behind that but anyway having a great time watching this season uh i just started watching um the blue-eyed samurai uh which is an animation on netflix directed by i think she's the director um jane um uh 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 just cut that out (laughs) okay i'm watching the blue-eyed samurai (laughs) (laughs) we've been talking for two hours like anything else (laughs) um let's see let's see um, i only have one i'm watching one other thing oh and i'm watching um foundation okay cool cool yeah. cool all right yeah. so i am watching i'm i was only going to give one one uh suggestion which was kind of off the beaten path but i will do that one but i i am watching gen v on amazon nice that was i'm watching gen v it's pretty good I, i'm enjoying it you know how i told you i think i talked about this in the last one but you know how uh the boys they just take it too far on purpose it's kind of yeah. like their thing they do that over and over again to the point where i'm almost like okay guys. Yeah, i mean they take it they take it far you know what i mean with the violence with the like gratuitous nudity just for funny ridiculous kind of like out mm-hmm. there type mm-hmm. stuff anyway but i'm watching it i'm enjoying it it's me and me and aaron like it we watch it together um I'm watching the NBA season closely. <laughs> All right, no, I am. Great pilot. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the pilot. Of the yeah, NBA, the script. But... The script is crazy this year. Like, honestly, <laughs> it's crazy. But um, no. All right, but okay. I just came back from the the Outer Banks Environmental Festival, so I have to shout out this one one documentary that really really blew my mind. It's called right. The Smell of Money. And whenever it gets on anybody streaming anything, you need to watch it. Oh. I don't know how you can watch it now, but I'm telling you, it will change the way you think about things. But also, if you if from a storytelling perspective, it might even inspire you to want to make a documentary because it's that good. Oh. It's that good. So oh, great. Anyway, so that those are mine. Um, NBA season, Wembenyama, he's in the game. 7-4, Frenchman, pretty crazy. Then... <laughs> Gen V and the smell of money. That, nice, that those nice. are my suggestions. I'm gonna add one more thing before we get out. Mm-hmm. How's your writing? My writing, mm, it's I'm gonna be honest with you, it's non-existent right now. It has been crazy. I just got a new gig, and that is that is threatening to to really either give me a, a lot more structure or take up too much of my time and i'm hoping it does the the former you know mm-hmm. puts me on a really good schedule day to day so i can kind of really really focus but i have not put my put my pen to paper on my writing in a couple of weeks now so i'm gonna be honest with you it's been yeah. tough I, I know exactly where you are i know exactly where you are mm-hmm. yeah. how about you good i um i'm starting to write a a short um so i'm i'm chickling trickling ticking Taking away at that uh yeah so you know i'm Good. on page like six or seven that's okay. coming along yeah cool man uh, yeah 
Well, good. Congratulations. Keep it going. Uh, hopefully, by the time we record next time, I will be plugging along on my pilot. I have an hour-long historical fiction crime drama, and it is really, really, it's killing me. But we'll <laughs> get there. We will get there. But that was the episode one show. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on our socials. Now, we used to we used to drop our own individual socials. You can definitely look at us and find us there. But we also now have social media specifically for the pod. And most of them are at the episode one show or at the episode one pod. But if you type in the episode one show, you can definitely find us there. Yep. Um Social, you can find us on X, you can find us on Instagram, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us mm -hmm. on TikTok. We're pretty active and we really appreciate your support. Call to action, of course, you have to continue to like, subscribe, and also right. give us five star reviews if you feel so inclined. We really, really appreciate it. Yes, if you would write a review, if you can write a review, it's great, but five stars does help. We're, we're doing pretty good with the, the reviews right now, and the yeah, stars. yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank you all. Thank you all so much. Yes. Uh, thank thank you all for listening. And peace, peace. Happy riding. Wait, Happy. somebody says that. Did I just steal somebody's podcast? <laughs> you might have. I don't know, but I think you did. I think that's screenwriting life. Shout oh, out to them. That's, shout out to them. Shout out to them. Obviously, we're inspired by them. Awesome, <laughs> awesome podcast. But thank you for listening to the episode one show. We love you. And as Elijah says at the end of every episode. Peace, peace.